Bears night in Chicago on the Black and Abdallah Show. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. It's Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. We're at Fire Bar in Crystal Lake. We're hanging out with Lance Briggs. It's Black and Abdallah. Lance Briggs here for the next hour talking Bears football. 312-332-3776. We're breaking down yesterday's game. The Bears finished the season at 7-10. and And Lance, you gave out grades for the offense, the defense, the coaching staff. I was just pulling those up. Are you surprised that it will... Let me rephrase that. I don't think you would be surprised because you told us back in October that you thought continuity, bringing back the coaching staff, bringing yeah. back Justin Fields, that's a smart way to build yeah. for the future. Yeah. Um, so I guess it, not that it surprised you, but a quiet day in house hall so far. No one got fired, yep. and everything is just kind of as is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you have a small window for this uh, for for Ryan Poles, you know, and, you know, the decisions are so they're, they're so important, but you got to know that at this point right now you've got some progress. Now it'd be different if you didn't see any progress at all. Yeah. You've got progress on offense, you got progress on defense, and so with that being said, you know <clears throat> next year is the year that you have you're going to have to take that step forward. Yeah. Now, do you take that step forward if you roll the dice with a new quarterback? Do you take that step forward if you roll the dice with a uh, offensive coordinator that hasn't connected with these these players that doesn't have uh, um, um, you know any chemistry with these guys hasn't played with them and says comes in and says hey this is where we're going to do things we're going to do things my way you know it, it's it to me it upsets the progress you know so the best chance Ryan Poles has right now is is uh, is to add to add you know trim the fat. Add to this team, but do your best not to subtract from this team or, yeah. or the, the pro- subtract from the progress. I think the, Chris and I both agree here that if you're going to change coaches, we both want a coach that's been a head coach before. Someone that knows how to manage a football team. I'm done with first-timers coming in here, the next hotshot offensive coordinator coming in here. Big name. Trying to do that. Yeah, yeah like Ben Johnson. I, if you're not going to stick with Matt Eberflus, then throw all the money at Jim Harbaugh that you can Someone who's proven that he wins wherever he goes. Someone who's developed quarterbacks. Someone who plays that smash mouth style of football, running the ball first like like the Bears like to do. And I think that that would be a way. I also think that the reason you haven't seen anything is no one can interview anybody until January 22nd. Unless you're interviewing college coaches. Mm -hmm. Because the new rule, you can put in requests, but you can't interview anybody until January 22nd. So that might be the reason for kind of, you've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of the news are, all right, well, there's all these openings now. There's going to be more because teams have more time to kind of see what they want to do because of the new rule that you can't interview until the 22nd. I think one of the more interesting um, um, hires would be uh, Ron Rivera as a DC. I think, uh, you know, one of the questions is would, would uh, Iberflus step step back and let somebody come in? Yeah. You know, it, it, to me, it's about the name. You know, there's certain names out there that that you once you put it, put that name up there, you know, boom. Okay, we, we won't miss a beat, and it would be a great addition to us. Um, you know, John Hope was already on the staff. He can he definitely can get that job done. And Ron Rivera is another name. You know, he's been a head coach. He's been a head coach of three teams now. You know, maybe it's time for him to say, all right, you know what, maybe I want to get into this role for a little bit and kind of regroup myself, yeah. you know, and, and he'd be an awesome uh, addition to our defense. Last time he was here coaching defense, we went to the Super Bowl. 
Well, and I would also suggest <laughs> that because the defense is good and you have star players on the defensive side, yeah. like that helps your cred. If you want to get back to a head coaching spot, you come in here for a year or two, this defense is already good. Oh, Maybe yeah. you elevate them to top three in the league. Mm-hmm. You make a playoff run, boom, Ron Rivera's back in the head coaching carousel, carousel. As, as a guy who could – I love that idea. I think that's a great idea, and I think that also goes with this idea – that we were kind of pointing to is that we don't want first-time guys anymore because this this franchise deserves better. Yeah. And and I think if you can put Eber, if you're keeping Eberflus, yep. if you can surround him with individuals who have the head coaching experience and who've done it before, yep. I yep. think it makes everyone a little bit stronger. That's and two then, guys then, right? That's Frank Reich and that's Ron Rivera. Frank Reich on the offensive side. Yeah. That yep. would be the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Well, yeah. there's no guarantee that Luke Getzey's out. Like, that's yep. the difference. Is Lance is filling a spot that's vacant. Yes. Yeah. Right? So, like, yeah, are, are you, if, Lance, if it was <laughs> up to you, are you moving on from Luke Getzey? I'm not. Uh, I'm not moving on from Luke Getzey uh, because Luke Getzey's going to have to do better. You know, we're going to have to – they're going to have to sit in there. And, and I've, seen, I've seen games where, you know – He's called good games, or it was executed well. Mm-hmm. It was executed well. We've seen that more as of late than we have um, in the early games. There, there's definitely a lot of question marks on the things that he's done and, and, and the games that he's called. Um, and I'd love to see more creativity, and I'd love to see more adjustments, on, on especially against the tough games. But um, this is guy, him and, if, if, you know, if Justin's staying, you know, and then I think Getsy stays. And you guys, you get in that room, and you guys figure out how we're going to watch our plays. Let's get our corrections down. Let's figure out what worked for us, what, what didn't work, and then let's figure out what direction we're going to go. You know, and, and I think that that's the best chance I think our team has offensively moving into next year rather than having a new guy come in. Even if it's a, you know, a, 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 a Jim Harbaugh who comes in and he's like, hey, you know, we're going to do things like this, this, and this. You know, there's still a period of getting to know each other and understanding who you have and what you have. And, uh, you know, I think there's another thing, too, you know, that, that – that for us, you know, we want success. We want stuff right now. Yeah. You know, but what we also should also understand is is the power of, of, of what we have right now and the power of patience. And I know we've been waiting a long time for a winner, but what we have right now, man, we have, <laughs> listen, we have two two top ten picks right now. All right, we have two top ten picks, and we have the potential. We have the potential to draw, to, to, to uh, uh, trade back two mm. times mm. in the top ten. Mm. So if we trade back two times in the top ten, guys, we're going to get – we're going to get multiple first-round picks over the next, you know, two to three yes. years. So let's say that we, we, we don't draft it. We keep Justin Fields and, and we keep Getsy and we, we build this team. We stack this team with, with the, all the picks that we have over this year and, and next year. We still have an extra first-round pick. We'll have another extra first-round pick if it says if things don't work out, okay, we can right. go get a quarterback. We can trade down with our picks and go get the quarterback we want. See, what I was saying before you got here last hour is that I think you can do both. I think you can trade back just once to three or four, something like that, get your quarterback, get a pick, a first-round pick for next year again, so you have two first-round picks in 2025, mm-hmm. recoup your second-round pick that you traded for Montez Sweat, add another day-one producer in the second round right there, whether it's an edge rusher, wide receiver, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then you can still, because... My philosophy is this. I've, this team was a 7-win team. Yep. I think with, a, with an upgraded quarterback, this could have been a 10- or 11-win team. This is a team that's, that is, is built to win. If the, third, if the games were only three quarters, the Bears are a 10-win team and might be in the playoffs. <laughs> the problem is they have to play the fourth quarter. Damn it. That and, is quite a problem. Yeah, that's quite the problem for the Bears <laughs> is they have to play the fourth quarter. So 
I think I, I've, I've seen enough from Justin Fields that it's time to reset the quarterback clock and reset right now. And I think you can trade back and not necessarily get new Justin Fields, as you've called him, as Caleb Williams, but get a Bo Nix or get a Michael Penix or get who uh, Jaden Daniels and then start with them and reset your financial clock. Because then, Lance, if you think about it the way the rosters are constructed, I look at the 49ers. Brock Purdy might not be the best quarterback in the world, but he's got all pros all over that offensive side of the ball. And the way you build that, and I understand that you know Kittle was in the fifth round or whatever and all these guys were late, but Ryan Poles hasn't proved that he can draft skill positions on the offensive side yet. He hasn't drafted a good wide receiver yet. He's drafted okay running backs. He's traded for I mean, he's traded for him. I, I mean, he's, he's traded got, for he's, him. He's traded for him. That's a, I mean, it's pretty much a second-round pick for DJ Moore. Yes. And he's a heck of a player. But you're, you're getting already established guys as opposed to, like, finding the next George Kittle or finding the next Debo Samuel, right? Yeah. So I think if you have yeah. higher picks, you can surround whoever's at quarterback with those guys. It works for what you want to do. If you want to stick with, if you want to stick with I, fields, I, I build win that right roster. Now. I want to win right now. I want to win right now. The problem with resetting that clock and bringing another guy in here is it's a roll of the dice. It's a roll of the dice with all of those quarterbacks. All right, now Bo Nix has done he's done great jobs, but when you watch Bo Nix against the best teams, he doesn't he doesn't challenge them down the field. When he played against the best teams, when he played yeah. against Washington, it was all it was all bubble screens. Yeah. All right, we've seen Luke Getzey do bubble screens. He'll be happy here. He'll be happy here running both screens. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to, you know, you, if you want to break down all these quarterbacks, just break them all down. You know, like like uh, uh, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is awesome, but Caleb yeah. Williams just does exactly what you called him. Justin, 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 you said it to us the first time we did yeah. the show with you. You said, "Why draft Caleb Williams when you already, already got have, Justin Fields in the building?" You already have him. You know, yeah. listen, I watched Jaden Daniels since he was at ASU. You know, Jaden Daniels. The problem with Jaden Daniels is that he does well when his talent level, the talent level of his team, is greater than the others. When the talent level is even, mm-hmm. that's when he has problems. They got blown out by Florida State, mm-hmm. and he was about to get pulled, you know, yeah. because he played so bad. What about Penix? Penix to me is Penix to me is the best of the bunch, in my opinion. He's the best of the bunch right now. He's got he's he's got two knee injuries, you yeah. know, but I, obviously not affecting him because he he's his pocket presence is awesome. Um, I really like Penix, Penix because number one, um, he's pinpoint. He throws it on time, and he's a, he's a different he's a different type of quarterback. Than Justin Fields, yes. he's different type. You know, I don't want the same type. You know, I mean that gives you, that gives you the same problems. You know, um, well, I mean, I wonder if that's where if we put both of the ideas together, if you were able to move back twice, get someone like Penix at like 17, 19, late later in the first round. Oh, he's going to go back now. I think you might take well, him not at nine. You might have right, to yeah. take him at nine. Say, say he's a top ten quarterback. Then, you know, could that be a situation where Fields is here next year? You have a young kid who comes in, and it's open competition. Is that bad to head into the summer with a competition at quarterback when you know that the quarterback position could be upgraded? The Brock Purdy, uh, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. He was drafted last. Yeah. Okay. You plugged him into a stacked offensive or uh, uh, San Francisco team. All right. Now, right now, whoever you come in, you plug in at quarterback, they're not behind a stacked Chicago Bears team. So at this point right now, you have the opportunity to create a stacked uh, Chicago Bears team. And it's not going to matter which quarterback is there. If Brock Purdy can do that with San Francisco, I guarantee you a, a stacked San Francisco team, Justin Fields will do even better with a stacked Chicago team. So stack the team first. Let's stack the team. We have opportunity to bring up to get the best, the best left tackle in the, in, uh, in the draft. There's two of them. All right, there's two of them. We got to go get a three technique. 
because right now you saw the difference when we brought in Montez Sweat and we started getting pass rush. We started leading the, the, the NFL in takeaways. Now we have to get the most important position. You know what I mean? We're leaving those guys out. And we have to, we, obviously we have free agency, but we also have to get a, uh, some more playmakers. You know, when you look down the field and Jordan Love has guys that, 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 are, find, that are finding openings wide open, and we don't have guys that are finding wide openings while, we're getting, while Justin Fields is getting sacked, there's problems. Lance, let me ask you this. Schematically, as a defensive player, yep. when you see an offense that's constantly running plays behind the line of scrimmage, like, what does that signal to you? Because what I want to get to is Luke Getze, what I found super annoying with this offense this season mm-hmm. was that it felt like they had the offensive line to push forward and to run the football forward. Yeah. And they had the bodies, the quarterback who can run. And they had some decent running backs. But they never they did so much stuff behind the line of scrimmage before they were ever moving forward yeah. that they would get tripped up, they would get blown up, all this stuff. And we saw it yesterday. That one play where, what was it, Tunyon came in motion and then doubled back. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were two wide receivers that were supposed to be lead blockers, and the linebacker and the safety just Getting came and just took down Justin Fields. It was yeah. like, what are we doing? Right. As a defensive player, when you see a team with all this nonsense behind the line of scrimmage, what do you think? I think they're doing that because they can't line up and run the ball. They're afraid to run the ball consistently, you know. Um, uh, and, in, and in that case, you know, just get ready for, get ready for the trickery. You right. know what I mean? Because that, that – that's what the offensive coordinator thinks they have to do in order to uh, move the ball on us. You know, they don't think that their guys are good enough to line up and run ISO or off tackle or, uh, you know, they ran a lot of, they ran a lot of pitch uh, yesterday. That was their go-to was that pitch, that toss. I hate uh, that. Well, and what's crazy I to hate me. It. I hate it because uh, the defensive player always gets off the edge and is in the middle yeah. mm-hmm. of where that lane is supposed to be. So mm-hmm. then the running back, takes another step onto the inside and then yep. there's an arm and a trip and then yep. you get two yards on the play. This it's, is one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. And for some reason, yesterday, they went away from it. They went away? Completely went away from it. I don't understand. Maybe it's because it's the Packers. Maybe it's because you haven't beat them in nine, in nine tries. It might be something. But yeah. I don't understand why getting away from what you do best so early in the game. I understand if you get into the you know late into the third quarter, it's not working. Then you start trying stuff because you're behind and you have to keep do, you have to find a way to get back into the football game. But it just seemed like they abandoned it from the jump. Well, let's not let's not forget. You know, Green Bay they have they have seven first rounders on that defense. You know, and, and sometimes we we there's the, especially the games where our our offense finds the most problems. We find it against the best defenses in the NFL, yeah. you know, and and um, they've had some some uh, some some critics, you know, about their defense. But if you look over the last two months, they've only had one game where they where a team scored thirty on them, and one game where they where a team scored twenty four. Everything else was sub twenty. Mm-hmm. So that defense that the Bears played against is damn good. I said that the first game, first week of uh, the season, and they're still damn good this uh, in the and uh, the final week of the season. Their defensive tackles move people. They move them. Mm-hmm. They move people. They do. And, and and that's where like that's what I think is really frustrating from my vantage point is you know this. We all know this, that like it was going to be tough running the football, yep. yet it didn't seem like Getze had a good counter to that the moment the game started. Yep. Thus, it just kind of all melted, and it all broke down. And unfortunately, the one series in the third quarter when they were actually moving the football, Justin gets hit 
I think late after he slid, hits his head to the turf, he gets called out a play later, and it that entire possession kind of just kind of kind of yeah muddled it. Yeah, dissipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's how you know it was a late hit. And that was it. They took the ball and they moved it back a yard and a half. That's how you know it was a late hit. <laughs> yeah. When he because they 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 move the ball to where he begins his slide because as soon as you begin your slide, slide is where you're where down. It. So they had to take the ball and they moved it back two full yards because it was that late of a hit. Right. <sighs> That's such a tough one. That's a tough one. I've been called on that one. I've been called on that one, but I do like just watching it, you know. And I know that the defender wasn't in, that wasn't his intention, but it just it it happened. It was too much of his body that was that connected yeah. with Justin's. To me, that's a flag. How frustrating is it to be told that you essentially have to stop it or change the way your body is progressing at like the the drop of a dime? You're like, running. You're you're going 100 miles an hour, and that quarter. To me, if I if I launch if I launch and you slide correctly, I should go right over you. Yes. And so, and if I don't, and to me, he turned his body sideways. So, you know what I mean? As yeah. to, it, you're, 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 you're encompassing more of his body. You know, if he were to fly over, I think he goes, he doesn't hit, make contact, or he brushes him. He brushes him, you know, and that's the way I always approached it. If you slide when you're supposed to, then I should, I should fly right over. If not, if I make contact, then you slid too late. Am I a meathead for suggesting that someone on the offensive line should have taken a cheap shot there and... And went after a player when your leader gets hit like that to the turf. Does it, I th- there was no scuffling. There was no. There was. There was a light. There was a light like hand play. It seemed yeah. like there was more of a scuffle out there when T.J. Edwards accidentally hit. It looked like he was going for a. Um, yeah. He accidentally hit someone in the face and took off their helmet. Like yes. he didn't yeah. need to. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. hands got pushed up. Yeah. And he pushed off someone's helmet. There was more of a scuffle after there was that. Definitely it was a, a wide receiver yeah. uh, reception for it the was Packers. More, yeah. There was more of a scuffle there than when your quarterback almost got his head taken like, off. Is that meatheadish for me to suggest that someone on the offensive line should have went over there? and? It's very meatheadish. Okay. But, yes. right. but no, that, no, that's, that's what right. you're supposed to do. Take, that's take what you fi- should do. Take the 15-yard <laughs> penalty. you got, you got to come I over. Mean, you you got to defend your quarterbacks. So, Got to defend your brother. Is it easy? You're saying it's easier for the quarterback <laughs> to change the way their body is going than for you as a defender who's launching to change your body. Well, I, yeah, I just you you the, the quarterbacks know the rules and 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 if you're going to push the envelope, if you're going to push the envelope, you're you're going to get hit, you know. And yeah. and uh, but if you slide when you're supposed to, you should not, you know, get brushed at, at the very least. This is a problem though, and we saw this with Cam Newton. Because yeah. Cam Newton is a big dude yeah. and runs the football, yeah. he didn't get calls either. And Justin has been plagued by this his entire career. Yeah. Justin Fields gets late hit all the time, and there's never a flag for it, ever. Yeah. It just doesn't I agree. happen. I agree. They, they treat him differently than they do someone like a Brock Purdy or even Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love doesn't really run much. And I'm, I'm surprised on the one play they did run that something wasn't called, but... It was just wild to, to see that last night. Uh, Lance, you want to take some phone calls with the people? Let's do it. All right, 312-332-3776. Mike in New Lenox, you're on with Lance Briggs talking Bears football. What's up, Mike? Hey, it's a pleasure, guys. Lance, I think you should be in the Hall of Fame. I really do. Yeah, Lance should oh, be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So if, if you uh, – if Paul's keeps the number one overall pick and this other first-round draft pick – and not trade them, which I think he should do. What two players would you take in those first two picks? So, so if, you, if you don't take who first, say that you, again. If Mike. you don't get the trade, is what you're saying, sure, right? Yeah, you, you don't do the trade. You take the first overall pick, and then you take what we get the tenth Nine. overall pick. Who would you? Who, who would you pick those two players? Shoot, 
You'd have to get. <laughs> I'd have to get a. I'd, I'd take a quarterback and then I would trade him. You know, I'd see who I can get the best deal and trade the trade the quarterback. You know, and I'm. It. It. it, it because of the way that it, the the draft is structured and the players are structured, you know, um, you can really mess the whole, you know, mess the the, the operation up by, yeah. you know, drafting a safety first pick of the draft, you know. So um, you get held there. You got you're gonna have to go after the best available at the, at number one. Any thoughts of taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at one? Marvin's not. I think Marvin's gonna stay. Really. Ooh. Ooh. You know, if Ohio State that? if Ohio State's offering him twenty million in NIL, there's no reason to come out. You know, you get yourself an insurance policy, which you you know, you get hurt, you're gonna get fifty million, you know, but twenty million. That's a lot of money. Come on. It, That's a lot know. of money. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Let's go to Sal in Peoria. You're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Sal? Hey boys, uh listen, double nickels. You're one of the greatest, man. You set the tone on that defense with intensity, attention to detail. And I'm listening to you all day today talk about giving Eberflus and you would keep uh, Getsy. The question I have is, why, if you had a player who played next to you and he was missing tackles and missing assignments and he just was not the best at what he did and he costed your defense and your team games, why would you ever go to the coach and say, you know what, we're going to settle, we're going to take subpar because, damn it, we want continuity? That's, that's not what this team should be built on. It should be built on we demand the best, we want the best execution, and we want the people who can drop the best plays. Look at McVay, McDaniel. Look at all the players that came in first year and made an immediate difference. Eberflus has had years to do this, Getsy. They're just not producing. Why should we settle for subpar, and why should we give them more time? The, the, the time is now. Thanks for the call, Sal. Appreciate yeah. it. What do you think, Lance? Uh, I mean, I think it's a it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, the, the 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 problem with your question is that we've had subpar talent. You know, we've had subpar talent for the past two years. You know, I think it was the worst last year, and um, and the year before was the end of the Matt Nagy era. You yeah. know, so you know what what you're asking for is is in this new regime, we're coming up on the third year. The third year is the year in the rebuild where you make the most progress, where you become the playoff team or or you fight for the NFC North. That wasn't – everybody knew going into this season, like our expectations were low. We weren't expected to win the NFC North. We, you know, we weren't expected to have seven wins. You know, we, 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 we did better this year than – or the Bears did better this year than they did the year before, prior. So – you know, if you want to talk about progression, they're progressing, you know, but they were progressing with filling pieces to a subpar talented team. Now, you continue to – we're in position to, to fill all, pretty much all of those holes with our offseason, the, the cap space, and the draft, our draft positions. I would say this. It was also reported in the last couple of weeks that the front office is not looking at Matt Eberflus and his record from last year as a part of the progress – from this year is they're essentially saying we gave you a bad roster last year it didn't matter that you only won three games <laughs> you kind of start off you're a seven win coach seven and ten for your first season with a team that we're trying to win games with yeah so i mean that was reported in the last couple of weeks and yeah. i think that kind of changes maybe some of the conversation cornell on the west side you're on espn 1000 with lance briggs say hello hello cornell uh actually cornell cornell <laughs> what's up cornell <laughs> How you guys doing, man? Uh, Lance Briggs, definitely a Hall of Fame. I remember meeting you at the airport, man, and I addressed you as such because that's what I think. I have Thank a you. 
um, let's say we reset everything, right? I mean, um, we go from top to bottom, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be finally a great idea to actually, if we draft a quarterback, we get in a veteran quarterback, maybe for a year, two, whatever, so the quarterback that's behind him can actually learn? Because given all the quarterbacks we've ever had, nobody's never, ever learned from a previous quarterback or a veteran quarterback who can actually teach them something and give them tips and, you know, on, on how to operate and from the quarterback position. I'm going to hang up and, you know, see what you guys think. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Cordell. What do you think, Lance? <laughs> well, the, the, you see, the, the, the quarterback thing is, is, to me, it's tricky because um, you can be upset because we had a, you know, we had an opportunity to draft Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Lord. You know, we had an opportunity to draft Patrick Mahomes. This could be over We've point. had, oh, yeah. We've had opportunity to draft uh, um, C.J. Stroud. You know, there were opportunities there to get a, get a lot of these quarterbacks. And the, the, the comparison, you know, the comparison isn't fair because those guys, that, that wasn't, the guys that are here weren't part of that process of, of selecting those guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and people were fighting over, you know, for whatever, for whatever, they love Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. And that's why we were able to trade those picks, and they picked him instead of C.J. Stroud. Yeah. You know, the problem with, uh, with these, these quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Patrick Mahomes, they don't grow on trees. It is more rare than anything else. You know, and if you look over the top last 15 uh, uh, top quarterbacks that were drafted, I believe, uh, what, nine or six of them, you know, have, have led their teams to success. They're the teams that originally drafted them. So it's it's not like it. It's such a roll of the dice, and in, and to me, when you look at these quarterbacks, um, they're good. They're good, you know. And I watch a lot of these guys from their first start to to now, and watch their them get gradual success. The only guy I haven't really watched, I didn't watch a lot of, is Drake May. Yeah. You know, and but Drake May hasn't won any of the big games. To me, he doesn't he doesn't garner that type of attention that the other guys have. Um, <clears throat> um, you you. It's not all the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. And as a Bear fan, we've gone through a, a gazillion quarterbacks trying to find the right one, you know. And you have something here, you know. You have something here. And instead of reaching, you know, now if we go out, and we reach, we get another quarterback that resets that doggone clock. And and we're talking about going from next year is a playoff team to all right, we have to give them another year or two. Just because we had a new guy, we got to give him another year or two. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm. That's my, my in my opinion. I want to win. I want to win now, and the best chance we have to win now is to add, not subtract. No, I agree with you, but I think that in in the back of Ryan Pohl's mind has to be that what you see C.J. Stroud doing now, and if we get to next year and he decides to stick with Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey and run it back and add to the roster, trade the pick and add to the roster, and then you see Caleb Williams come out and play really well for a team and take a team to the playoffs in his first year, or you see Drake May do it, or you see any of these quarterbacks that you could have had do it, you're going to be the guy that not only passed on C.J. Stroud, but then passed on Caleb Williams. Like, it got Ryan Pace fired for being the guy that passed on Patrick Mahomes. It could be the reason that Ryan Poles gets fired for passing on two quarterbacks that are going to take their teams to playoffs if he he doesn't end up taking – you know, whoever's taken first, whether it's Caleb Williams or whoever. Listen, let me, you know, I need to address this Caleb Williams deal, all right, because I think he's ultra-talented. I think he's ultra-talented, but every time his name gets tossed in, it's, it's you've got to do your due diligence on him, you know, 
and as talented as the kid is, you know, um, he exposed himself. He exposed himself in the interview. He exposed himself when he jumped up and was crying in front of his mom. He exposed himself the next few weeks when they wouldn't allow him to do interviews. There's something about him that that is a problem. And, and, and no matter how good you are, your talent your talent doesn't over- succeed. Like Your talent's not greater than, than your ability to be a cancer in the locker room. You know, and if you have a guy after they go and they win their 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 uh, their bowl game that praises the new quarterback that comes in and and uh, throws these touchdowns and says, "Hey, we're a team now," that says something to me as a football player. That says something about this guy. There's something going on about there's something about this guy that we need to be we need to keep an eye on. Okay, you know? let me ask you this then, because a lot of the talk around you know there was this long article written on ESPN.com last week. A lot of quotes from. GMs, current players, former players, all this kind of stuff, that if they do move on from Justin Fields and they do draft a new quarterback and that quarterback struggles out the gate, but Justin Fields is in Atlanta, let's say, playing well, could you lose the locker room because of all these guys, offense and defense, have been so vocal about wanting to keep Justin Fields? Um, well, it's, it's, a, it's a business. It's a business, so it's like... Do I want Fields to stay? Yes, but if Fields, if they trade him and he goes, you know, we've got to we've got to truck on with who's here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We got to truck on with who's here. Now there's going to be some I told you so's, you know, and, and now we're set back again, you know, this and that. But um, um, it's business. So you know, if 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 we have Kyle Orton and they trade Kyle Orton and they bring in Jay Cutler, well, shoot, man, look, we got to go win with Jay Cutler. Yeah. You know, whoever that guy is, you know, this this we got to feed our families. Yeah, Lance, you're the only other person, I think, in the city that has voiced that perhaps Caleb Williams is not the next Patrick Mahomes besides the two of us. And mainly, I'm a USC fan, so I've watched all these games. I always tend to say whoever it may be at one Did you not necessarily Did you read the Bruce Feldman piece in The Athletic like three weeks ago that was about the downfall of USC's season? No. There there was a really good piece, and it was talking about how Lincoln Riley essentially has lost – the team and mm. it's they're they're comparing them to a bunch of AAU kids because mm. they're all brought in they all have the NIL deals yeah. they're in Hollywood yeah and then they were talking about how for home games they get to show up and wear whatever they want on road games they have to wear a team apparel and they're yeah. they're uniformed and that uh, other coaches noticed that some of the fashion statements yeah. and how how much effort was put into the fashion of certain players who would walk across the field, that they cared more about that than they do about than the actual game. They'd rather look good first, play good second. And, you know, some of the pictures of Caleb Williams, you know, he's got the, the crazy green shoes, yeah. the, the Louis handbags, everything. You're a college kid. I, I know the NIL has changed stuff, but, but like, still. The, the, quotes, <laughs> the quotes from the other Pac-12 coaches were like, we knew we won walking into the stadium, seeing the way that they walk in. They create and, their own distractions. And, and that's Lincoln's program, and that's what yeah. he has to deal with now. Um, but it's, it's refreshing to hear you give a critical eye to someone that, beyond the highlights, USC struggled at times primarily because of decisions Caleb made at quarterback. Most notably, the Notre Dame game, that was on him. Things started to go poorly for USC in that game, and he chose to just start throwing the ball away. He didn't care at all. And then he was complaining to people on the sidelines, and the TVs caught that. And, like, you're right. 
They protected him at the end. They, they wouldn't let, he didn't want to talk. They didn't allow him to talk to the media yeah. at the end of the season. In college football, that's okay. In this city, you're could not, you imagine? You can't get away. You can't get away from it. If you, you start you out 0 4, and oh, then yeah. you say, "Well, I'm not talking to the media." Yeah. You, you have to talk to the media. And you talk. You know, you you want to talk about the big games. You know, tell me the big games that Caleb Williams has won. Well, how cognizant of the other guys? To answer the question, he yeah, hasn't. he has it. Yeah. How and, cognizant are will the guys like if they do draft him? How cognizant will the guys be in the locker room if he comes in? You know, knowing all this stuff that we know, what? cocky about, and and yeah, I'm I'm yeah. the guy and, and I don't. Or does you know. it? Do you wipe the slate clean when you come in? And yeah, everything you, you is. Don't, nobody knows him. You know what I mean? So he comes yeah. in. It's like, hey, well, yeah. let's see what we have. Sure. You know, let's see what we have. You sure. see if you can man your huddle. You know, and what how we how we go about things because you're here. You're a first round pick. You're a top. You're going to be here longer than most of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean, let's see what we have. He's going to be there longer than the coaches. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Like, like that, that's how these things work. I, I would say like that. That's what I think. You know, and and the thing that I keep replaying is even though I may not think Justin's the guy, you're probably not going to find a better person to be that guy, right? Like like if Justin's yeah. not the guy, and if Caleb Williams is the pick. I think what people are going to be shocked at is like how Justin plays this part of leader of the team, face of the franchise. He does it really well. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. And he, yeah. ta- he takes the brunt of it when he plays poorly. He stands up there. He answers the questions. He does it well. He's a good team leader. Yeah. And, that's, and, and, that's, and I think that's where I'm, I'm standing. If, if, there were a, if there was a lock there at quarterback, then I would change my stance. I just don't see a guy right now. You know, I I, lo- I really like Michael Penix, but I don't see the guy that is going to be come in here and and just lead us right now better than anybody than, than what we have right now. That's Lance Briggs. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah. It's Bears Night in Chicago. We're presented by Miller Lite. We're at Fire Bar in Crystal Lake. Come hang out. We're talking Bears football with you right here on ESPN 1000. It's Black and Abdallah live from Fire Bar and Grill in Crystal Lake. Bears in Chicago. Brought to you by Miller Lite. ESPN Chicago. Bears night in Chicago. Black, Abdallah, Briggs. Lance Briggs is here with us at Fire Bar in Crystal Lake. Oh, yeah. It's 17-3, Michigan with the lead over Washington early second quarter. You've heard some of the, the groans and the moans and the cheering mm. from the fans here at Fire Bar <laughs> uh, here early on in the national title game. We will go to that game in progress in about 20 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. So Michigan is up big on Washington uh, at the moment. So, all right, guys, as we look at this team uh, heading forward into this offseason and in the draft, Lance, for you, what are the most important pieces of this team that Ryan Poles needs to assemble to kind of move this group forward? I think Lance just drafted Michael Penix. Did he? That was a nice throw. <laughs> I, I looked I'm away, a, I looked man, away from the he TV. Avoided he avoided a sack. He avoided a sack. The throw. I'm telling you, the throw was on the money. Um, <laughs> he is I, so crafty in the pocket. <laughs> and it, it's crazy to me. Like I, I mentioned him at the beginning of the year. You know, and it's crazy to me that he's just now, they're, you know, getting moved into the top ten for yeah. a lot of a lot of uh, uh, the, the the draft picks. It's got to be the injuries. Well, no, it's two. It's the injuries yeah. and the age. But the, yeah. it, yes, the injuries. He's twenty. He'll be twenty four at the yeah. draft. Yeah. Uh, but the, if you're looking at the knee problems, I mean, he's his footwork in the it's pocket. It's the crazy. Sh- but it's a shoulder well, too, though. I wonder though, Lance, how much of that is. He developed that because of the knee injuries, right? Like, yeah. he no longer is athletic as, say, Justin Fields is at this moment, so he had to learn to play from the pocket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 
if you're looking for if you're looking for a quarterback that's going to throw the ball on time and he's going to throw it in uh, uh, you know pinpoint fashion, that's your guy. You know, what I mean, like you know, if you're not you, you know you look at a if you say okay, I'm going to look at Drake May, you know, uh, or JJ McCarthy, you know. Um, um, these guys, I think, have the potential to do it. You know, yeah. they don't throw the ball a lot at Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, Drake May has all the tools. You have a guy who has the tools and who's doing it. Yeah. He's doing it against high competition, too. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So what are the biggest – I think Chris is asking, oh, yeah, what are the no, biggest positions yeah, yeah, wait, wait, What's your attack for plan the for the offseason? Give okay. us your, your five-point plan for the Bears this right, offseason. Here we go. Let me stretch. Uh, listen <laughs> – Listen, you know, the, the, there's one there's one area of need that that uh, the Bears they failed to pay this position for a number of years, you know, and that's the offense and consistently offensive defensive line. So we have to pay. It's time to pay the offensive line. You know, it's time to get the best guys out there. You look at the best teams, the teams that give us you give you the most struggle. Those are the teams that have those first rounders across their offensive line, the first rounders across their defensive line. We have an opportunity now to go after that position. We have two tackles. There's a left tackle. We have a first round right tackle right now named Darnell Wright. Okay, he's going to be here for a long time. Wow. He's going to be here for a long time. Um, you know, Is that Tyler Scott who tripped and fell and open pass? <laughs> That's new Tyler Scott. You know, okay, all right. Um, you got to go get a left tackle. We need a left tackle. You have free agency. We got to get a center. We got to get a guard. You know, we got to be able to shuffle those guys around. Um, one of the other things we got to get, listen, we, we, do, we need playmaker and wide receiver. Whether we mm-hmm. get that in the free agency, maybe in T. Higgins, you know, who's, who's going to be available. T. Big, Higgins is large, so good. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, I, I think that uh, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to stay. I think he's going to stay and take that $20 million. Oh, you got to catch that, buddy. Man, I'm going to re- <laughs> we're going to replay that. If he right? does say, oh, we are replaying this. Lance was right. That would be awesome. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the other thing we have to get, you know, it has to be a priority. And, and um, you see the effect of Montez Sweat and getting to the quarterback and the effect that, that, that our pass rush has made and us and our defensive backfield being able to be uh, becoming a unit that's led the NFL from week 11 on in takeaways. We got to get the most important position on the defense. That's that three technique. And there are guys out there. You can get them. You can get them from from uh, outside the top ten, probably into probably into the third. But the higher you can get it, there's some guys that are up there. They're the top four guys at that three technique position are are very dominant. They're very explosive, and that's what you need. All right, that's a plan. Yeah, it's a good plan, and hopefully Ryan Poles gets to it and and brings in more talent to to su- supplement this team because they. I think I agree with you. They are ready to win. And next year, they have to make the playoffs. They have to. Yeah. Playoffs yeah, are, are the uh, standard for next season. Mm-hmm. He's Lance Briggs. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdal. This is Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite on ESPN 1000. It's Black and Abdallah live from Fire Bar and Grill in Crystal Lake. Bears Night in Chicago, brought to you by Miller Lite, ESPN Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah. It's Bears Night in Chicago with Lance Briggs. We're hanging out at Fire Bar in Crystal Lake for 10 more minutes right here on ESPN 1000. Let's take a listen back to the sounds of the Bears 2023 season where they finished 7-10. and Welcome to NFL Kickoff Weekend, the much-anticipated opener between your Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Snap back to Jordan Lowe. Got a fire over the middle as Quat Jones away at the 20 to the 15 angling right to the 10 to the 5. Outruns every Bear to the end zone for the touchdown. Rushing four, they stunt. 
It's picked up for the moment. Fields now racing out of there. Hit, fumble the football. It's on the ground. It is covered up by the Green Bay Packers at the 28-yard line. It was bound to happen. Green Bay Packers do it again. They come to Soldier Field. They went for the ninth consecutive time under head coach Matt LaFleur in grand fashion. 38-20 over the Bears here at Soldier Field. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. You know, rivalry week, week one, uh, going against the Packers, I mean, it sucks. You know? But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we get to look at the bigger picture. We are underway in Tampa, Florida. Snap back, four-man front, pressure coming, throws over the middle. It's intercepted by Shaq Barrett. He intercepted the pass and then motors into the end zone for the touchdown. Throws over the middle, intercepted on the ricochet, intended for Claypool. Buccaneers have taken it away again. And the Buccaneers have gone to 2-0 for the third straight year. A 27-17 win over the Bears from GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will start at their own 25 left to right. And now back the other way is Sky Moore. They fake it to him and shovel to McKinnon up the middle. One touched into the end zone for the touchdown. Gives to Pacheco. Glancing off a hit by Edmonds into the end zone. Another Kansas City touchdown. It's going to be a, a downtrodden locker room for sure. We'll hear from Coach Eberflus. Yeah, we're going to be working diligently. We're going to focus one week at a time. We're going to focus and we're going to fight uh, uh, to get this done. So we're going to fight, 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 fight. An extremely important down right here in this ballgame. Now takes the snap. Has time, zips it over the middle of the post, and is caught by Cortland Sutton for the touchdown. And this game is now a one-score situation. Kicked by Lutz is up. It is good from 51. Now you walk into a locker room searching for answers, searching for reasons why, and oh yeah, you got a Thursday night game, so you don't have any time to dwell on it, and you got to start getting ready for Washington. Snap back to Fields. Fields looking, now throwing. Got open man, DJ Moore, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Snap Fields stares down the left side, pass is caught by Moore! Down the sidelines, and nothing but green grass. He is gone, baby. Hey, win column. We're glad to be in there. 14 in a row. Goodbye. And then the longest losing streak in Bears history goes bye-bye. Meeting 125 about to commence. The Vikings have won five of six in the series. Justin takes the snap with time. Now running out of time. Throw it. from behind, and down he goes. He got rid of the football as he was going down to the ground. And Justin coming up a little painful holding the groin area i've learned that fields suffered a dislocated thumb during today's game and uh, we don't have a timetable right now and uh, really he's uh it's going to come down to grip strength we bring you the bears and the raiders from soldier field for a week seven showdown bears looking for a fresh start with a new quarterback today and tyson bajan for the injured justin fields snap back bajan time gonna zip it right caught Foreman inside the two breaks a tackle and plows in to the paint. Touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Four man rush, it's coming home, but Royer throws left and it's intercepted. Jalen Johnson, goodbye, baby! 20, 15, 10, pick six. Touchdown Bears! An exclamation point by a job well done by the Bears defense. Yeah, I mean, I think I've got a cannon. Um. <laughs> Here's the snap, Bajan, little stunt. They throw to the near side, throw it right to a defender. They're rushing five. The pocket holds, Mooney over the middle, and the pass is taken out of his hands and intercepted by Derwin James. Yeah, I mean, I think I've got a cannon. And that is a second interception of Tyson Bajan. Yeah, just a bad football game. He yeah. almost went out to L.A. and you're in la-la land and... All types of great things are happening out there, and everything's fancy, and the sun's out, and 
could go over there and you just absolutely, um, uh, you piddle one away. You build on something that you did last week and you built upon nothing you did. Three-man rush, they drop eight, they throw over the middle and a diving interception on a throw over the middle to Mooney and it's taken away by the Saints. Here's the snap. Comet on the chip hit from behind. Bajan is swallowed up and the ball comes out. It's still on the ground. Scooped up by the Saints finally at the 17-yard line. Five turnovers. The Bears dropped to two and seven with a short week ahead in Carolina coming to Soldier Field on Thursday night. Bajan with a back to his right. Mooney in motion. He hands off. Foreman twisting, diving into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown. Bears have the lead. You see what was up your sleeve? Did you use it? Or I don't know. What's up yours? In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Jack is Montgomery to the right of golf. Takes, gives to Montgomery, plunges into the middle of the end zone. Standing up and a triumphant spike of the football. Surrounded by his Honolulu Blue teammates and the Lions. Have a one-point lead with 29 seconds to go. Rushers are split wide. Hutchinson rushing off Darnell Wright. He's coming quickly on. Fields, the ball comes out. Bouncing around. It's kicked out of the back of the end zone. By Wright. Safe. 31-26 now, Detroit. It's now week 12. The Vikings for the new quarterback in Joshua Dobbs. Looking for a sixth straight head-to-head win against the visiting Bears. Snap. Right hand. Angle left. Santos the kick. Santos is good from 30 yards. And the Bears crawl back in front 12 to 10 over the Vikings. The Bears get a win. They're first in the NFC North in 13 games. Awaiting the snap, Justin oh, Fields moving off the left side. Free play for Justin. Works it down the left side. He's got DJ Moore at the five. Looping into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears. Oh. And they're back in front. Golf. Takes the snap, four-man rush with protection. Ooh. It's closing on him. Pickens hit him. Throws over the middle. Intercepted. Intercepted. Jermaine Edmonds. They married pressure with coverage on the back end. And Goff is swiped. Three takeaways. We were super excited, you know, coming into this game. Of course, we didn't finish it like we wanted to the last time we played them. So uh, was definitely excited for the opportunity to prove to the world, prove to ourselves that, you know, we can really just hop on them like we did the first time, but, you know, finish this time. Snap to Fields, steps up. Now he's just got to launch. It's going to be a Hail Mary coming to the near side. Launches into the end zone, middle of the end zone, passes batted around, and it oh. is intercepted by Cleveland. I thought for a second that Mooney had it. had it in his I his thought he got it. it. Then he kicked it up in the air. Unbelievable. Cleveland's going to win the game. Darnell had it, kicked it up in the air. It's a 20-17 to 17 Cleveland win. I mean, it's simple. We just got to be better. I got to be better. Snap. Taylor in motion. Play fake field. Looking to throw. Going to run left. Being chased by Gardak. It's all field. You can't catch him. He's in for the touchdown. A Christmas Eve gift wrap win by the Bears for their faithful here in Chicago. A great crowd. Great win. 27 to 16 over the Arizona Cardinals. Three receivers left. Snap field. Looking. Fields dancing. Fields throwing. Deep corner of the end zone. The pass is caught. Caught by DJ Moore for the touchdown. Fields with Taylor motioning left and back to the right. Takes the snap. Up the middle on the delay. Fields twisting left to the five. To the pylon. Puts the ball on the orange and into the paint. Touchdown Bears. We want Fields. Echoing.
down here at Soldier Field. Certainly making the decision tougher on him, yes. that's for sure, right, with the way he's playing. Green Bay wins if the term is their next few weeks. Chicago wins if the term is their next few years. You win, it determines your entire career. Justin, you are an effing Chicago Bear, homegrown. There is no landing spot because you're not leaving. Not if you win Sunday against that team in that town. It's the finale with an NFC playoff berth at stake for the Packers and the reward of sticking together through the tough times for the Bears to finish with an eighth win of the final 13 games. Kraft in motion, takes turns, fake, sets the throw, bouncing, backing up, flings it into the end zone, and the pass is caught for the touchdown. My goodness, heck of a throw. Heck of a catch, Dontavian Wicks, and the Packers have the lead. 6-3. Roshan Johnson left of the quarterback. Snap field. No. In trouble. Down he goes. Sacked again by Green Bay. The snap is back. Love going to throw the slant. It is caught. Wicks ah. plows into the end zone for the touchdown. Snap to field. Empty spread. Pressure coming. And down he goes. Brooks with the hit and a six-yard sack, the fifth of the day for Green Bay. Love takes the final snap as the teams meet, and this will end the ball game. The final ticks of the 2023 season here at the start of 2024. It started with a loss to the Packers in Chicago. It ends with another loss, the tenth in a row to Green Bay here at Lambeau. A one-score loss by the Bears, 17-9. They could not get in the end zone today. I gave my all, so um, whether it's here or not, you know, uh, I have no regrets. Um, shout out to you know you guys for you know making my job a little bit harder. But um, yeah, uh, just to the city of Chicago, love y'all. Appreciate the fans and the support from all the Bears. You know, in case this is my last rodeo with y'all, and just appreciate y'all for everything. There you go. You heard it right here on ESPN Chicago. Your home for Bears football. A season that ends with a record of seven and ten. It was disappointing, Abdal, the way it finished, but still progress moving forward. And this is the end of the Bears Night in Chicago series of shows presented by Miller Lite for this season. We had a great time. And thank you so much to Miller Lite for the shows throughout the season. Shout out to Miller Lite. It was awesome. Shout out to Fire Bar out here at Crystal Lake and all the other bars that had us throughout the season. It's been fun. It's been great. Can't wait to do it again next year. I'd like to thank Kendra Smith and Jack McGrath in the studio producing tonight's show. Charlie Bevins here, our production staff that's with us here on site here at